Did you know one in five Americans live with a mental health problem? <laughs> that means unless you live in a cave, you know someone personally dealing with these issues. So join us and our special guests as we answer your questions, share real stories, and work to pull the curtain back on how stigma impacts our everyday lives and our communities. We believe that making a real impact happens best with candid conversations, laughter, and tears. We are your hosts, Jennifer Ritter and Josh Moore, and this is Impact Stigma. Good morning, evening, and afternoon. Good morning, evening, and afternoon, Josh. How are you? Pretty good. How are you? I'm fantastic. It's going to be better, right? Yeah. So, we're not tired. No, not tired at all. <laughs> we're always tired. I know it. Hey, have you seen these Cactus Planet? Yeah, you McDonald's introduced me thing? to them. Yeah. People are flipping out over these. I don't know why. They're not very, they're, they're really not pretty at all. They're, they're incredibly ugly. Yeah. But you have to have them. I guess. I mean, compared to your pops, the weight, it's just like, I don't even know why. They're, they're so cheaply done. I yeah, so people. in case you don't know, people are flipping out over these McDonald Adult Happy Meal toys done by Cactus Planet Flea Market. And they're artisan toys. And people are, they're, I mean, they're going for like 30 to 50 bucks a piece, depending on which character you get. Oh, my goodness. You have three in your office right now. Yeah, I'm missing Birdie. Okay. I, I'm criticizing them. They're ugly as crap, but I have them, yeah. You always do. What is the crazy little man in the top that you He's talk- the new one. I guess everybody's just calling him Cactus Planet. He looks like an emoji that fell down a hill. He looks like the chicken nugget before it comes becomes a chicken nugget. That's true. It does. He looks like the goop. Oh, chicken. I mean, that's what he looks like. Yeah, I don't know what they were thinking, but hey, people will buy anything, right? Yeah, but they're an apparel company that just did a toy for the thing, I guess. Okay, well, hey. Well, they're sold out everywhere now, and now people are looking forward to the Halloween buckets that are coming back out. Oh, yeah, those are actually really cool. Yeah, very, people very cool. people are getting them for the do-it-yourself projects that they've been posting everywhere. You know, they oh, yeah. put lights in them and they light up. And Oh, yeah, our kids love that kind of stuff. I know it. They really do. We have way too many kids and way too many things to purchase. So something fun and simple like that will be a, a good addition since half of them love McDonald's. So, I know it. Yeah, they're, lo- they're McDonald's diehards for sure craziness it is all right welcome back to season three of impact stigma i know i am personally honored to introduce and share space with our guest today she is a member of the northeast regional health council and serves as a member of the tennessee association of mental health organizations executive board of directors as vice chair she also serves on the executive council on the strong accountable care committee and chairs the strong acc's no wrong door work group She is a secretary for the Regional DEI Council and was recently appointed to the Bright Start Tennessee Northeast Region Steering Committee, where she serves as co-chair. She holds a bachelor's degree in social work from ETSU and a master's in business administration from Milligan College. She began her career working in the adolescent residential setting, working basically with emotionally disturbed children and adolescents, then expanded her experience to include case management and utilization management. She has held several key positions in the managed care sector as a provider relations specialist, network manager, and then the regional VP of Network Management for Integrated Solutions Health Network, a provider network, and also Northeast Tennessee's first accountable care organization. After her tenure in managed care, she was then led home to Frontier Health to serve as the Senior Vice President of Operations in 2014. It is my pleasure to introduce our special guest, the now CEO and President of Frontier Health. Welcome, Christy Hammonds, to Impact Stigma. Thank you. Thank you. Thank You're you welcome. for having me here. We're it's so a, excited. It's a big introduction. 
I know. It's way too long. <laughs> well, I wanted everybody to know all the neat, fun things you've done. Well, I appreciate it, Jennifer. You're welcome. All right, now it's the fun part. We get to ask her some fun questions. Find right. out a little bit more about her. Yep. Mm, it's a little scary. No pressure. No pressure. These Just are fun. Pressure. This is all fun. Questions. So what is your favorite sport and why? So I would have to say swimming uh-huh. because ever since I was a little girl, I would go, mom would take us over to Edenwood Club mm-hmm. every summer, drop us off in the morning for swim team, pack us a lunch. We play all day till 5 p.m. And so I have been a swimmer for as long as I can remember. So I'm going to tell you something. My sisters and I swam on the swim team for about a decade. I finished third in the state for backstroke, and Tara finished second in the state for uh, butterfly. That's amazing, Josh. And we were on a swim team of three, and our whole team finished third overall. That's, That's amazing. Awesome. In the state of Tennessee. I was a backstroker. Were you? That I was, was good. I love backstroke. That we was got awesome. that in common now, Josh. Yep. My mom was too. I um, love swimming and grew up playing mermaid in the pool so yeah i was really good at that i got fat and became a football player and (laughs) that was the end of that i would call that buff yeah Yeah. there you go you're not fat you're just just big boned there you go all right so i have a fun question for you uh if you could be any animal real or imaginary what would you be and why? So the operative word is imaginary. Yeah. Because I really like that. Gives me a little option. So actually a unicorn. Oh my gosh. I can totally see that about you. <laughs> the unicorn? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> because they're so magically beautiful, just in one sense. And then, yeah. do you know, they have healing powers. And you love that. You I love do. to help other people. So that does make sense. I can't. The first thing that pops to my mind about unicorns is from Onward. And they're, they're like trash pandas in Onward. Stop <laughs> it. Don't, don't, don't mess up my don't vision. Don't yeah. Because he's sitting right up there. So I was like, it popped in my head. Oh, my gosh. Of course. <laughs> That's yeah. not my vision of a unicorn. I yeah. <laughs> I think I would be. I've always wanted to be a phoenix because I think they're neat. They kind of like do magical things. And I'm a Harry Potter fan. So. You know. Yeah, you want to be Dumbledore? Gotta love Harry Potter. Harry Potter's amazing, and I just love his phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. He's a cool phoenix. He is a cool phoenix. Yes. I like when he slaps his hand and... Yeah, and takes Dumbledore away. (laughs) (laughs) And then when he burns up and becomes a little baby again, he's so cute. So, yeah, I like him. All right. All right, so what is your favorite city to visit and why? Because you travel a lot. I do travel a lot, but not far out like I want to go to Hawaii one day right because I want to go visit the waterfalls where you can walk behind them mm-hmm. oh, wow, but I've yes. not been there yet so favorite city to visit currently would be the beach and Destin Destin that's where Tab likes to go I to. love the ocean there and there's nothing better than just laying out on the sand looking into the ocean the breeze blowing just relaxing nice relaxing with a cool book Oh, yeah. Fictional book. Just letting No self-help books. No nothing. Just something that has nothing to do with anything. Yeah. Just probably me too. Relax and not think about anything for Hmm. just a minute. We like to go to Hilton Head, but I love Florida better. So... The golf, Mm. beautiful. I've not been there yet. I'm kind of... I want to go. You got to go. Okay. Noted. All right. So, who in your life has had the biggest impact on who you are today? So, I would have to say my dad... Growing up, for those of you who've heard me talk before about my upbringing, I was a very rebellious 
very stubborn young lady and didn't like to hear the word no at all. And um, that, that about that, me, right? That's um. still pretty much the case. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, my dad, I think, figured that out that, you know, hey, I'm going to have to treat her a little bit different. And um, so he sat me down and he was like, okay, let's talk adult to adult. If you want to be treated like an adult, I'm going to treat you like an adult. And so I really have always appreciated his being able to kind of discern how to handle such a rebellious, stubborn child. And, And really that helped shaped me and helped me be the person that I am today. And I still you know, words of wisdom that he shared with me along the way. I still quote, I still think about. I love that. I did not know that about you. And I cannot imagine. (laughs) It makes sense though, because there's so many memes out there and quotes about wild women and rebellious women that end up, if you try not to quash them and you can direct them the right way, they end up changing the world. So I think that's beautiful. I love that you love your dad and, and like really look up to him. That's really cool. Thank you. He's he's pretty special. I like my daddy too. I like my mama too. I like them both. Me too. Yeah. But my dad, n- yeah. Nothing for sure. bad on mom at all, but um, <laughs> but dad was just he he knew how to he knew how to handle me, I there guess. That's a good word. <laughs> As always, we strive for candid, open, and sometimes even humorous conversations here on Impact Stigma. So please remember this podcast is never intended to be a substitute for professional advice, formal diagnosis, or treatment for mental and behavioral health issues. If you need further assistance or have questions, please visit the Frontier Health website at FrontierHealth.org for more information. If you, your child, or someone you know is having thoughts of suicide or experiencing a mental health crisis, you can now dial 988 and you will be able to speak with a crisis specialist right away or go to your nearest emergency room. We want to take a moment and thank Food City for sponsoring this episode of Impact Sigma and we'll be right back after this. A certified Food City butcher has a lot on his plate. He cuts, chops, and grinds every day. In fact, about the only thing he's not cutting fresh in-house are corners. Beginning at 6 a.m., he grinds fresh beef all day long and stamps the hour that beef was ground, not the day. So by the time meat from other grocery chains is hitting the shelves, ours is hitting your grill. Now that's value every day, only at Food City. Hello, everyone. Like what you're hearing so far? Well, make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button right now. This podcast is made possible by listeners just like you, and we greatly appreciate your support. So let's get back to the show. All right. Welcome back, and thank you again, Food City, for sponsoring us. Christy, can you share with our Impact Stigma family a little bit more about what you do as a CEO for Frontier Health? Now, you know, that's kind of a loaded question, right? I know. <laughs> You're welcome. So how do you sum that up in a matter of a couple of sentences? So I'll just kind of talk at a high level. One, I think a major part of my job and my role here is to coach. Um, so as we're a big team mm-hmm. working together and really striving to meet our mission. And so I play a pivotal role in kind of in that encouragement and motivating our team to kind of keep pushing forward through different challenges and barriers. Also, I would say I'm an advocate mm-hmm. for what we do and the people that we serve. A lot of the individuals we serve don't really have a voice out there. Right. And so being able to provide a voice for them is really vital and important to making sure that they get their needs met. Well, I know you often refer to um, Frontier Health as the place that you you came home to. So what is it about Frontier that made it home for you? 
So one of the things that I always talk about is the people here. You know, I'm passionate about what we do, and and obviously that's why I came back. I mean, Frontier's home and working with the individuals that we do day-to-day is extremely important and vital. But I think the people that we work with day-to-day, I mean, you you guys know it and see it as well. Mm -hmm. We're so mission-driven and focused. Yes. We get in a room, we problem-solve those challenges and barriers, we come up with a plan, we implement it, and then things change. And because of that, we're able to have the impact that we do in the region and in the communities that we serve. So what about this work do you find most rewarding? The stories. The stories, yeah, I can see You guys know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I live for those stories that we hear. There's not really a day a lot of times that go by where someone doesn't send a story out about how an individual has recovered or how an individual has changed their mind about suicide. I think every moment and every day that we have an opportunity to save a life is vital and important and just... it's a blessing to be able to be a part of that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So you have several experiences um, throughout your life where someone you care about has contemplated suicide and even followed through. We understand that this is a really difficult topic. So I'm just going to invite you to share what you feel comfortable with regarding your personal experiences with the topic. So my question would be, Will you please share with us your personal experiences of the t- the first time someone close to you had serious thoughts of suicide and has anyone close to you chosen to die by suicide? And you're right, it is a difficult kind of conversation to have, but I think it's one that's really important to share as well. I do have permission to share this story because it is not about me, it is about my sister who is a very dear close friend of mine as well. At an early age, I guess, you know, teenage years, uh, she decided to kind of what I would call play around with. And I use that term very seriously because I think that young people do tend to have thoughts and, quote, play around with the idea of suicide or mm-hmm. what it would be like to to take a bunch of pills. And when my sister was a teenager, she decided to take um, a bottle of aspirin which has impacted her because, you know, aspirin has side effects. She can no longer take aspirin now. I think at that time with my family, they prayed for her. They you know, they were like, okay, let's just pick ourselves up. Let's move forward. They didn't really understand probably what mental health was, what right. depression was, and what opportunities there were to get help. And so she didn't get help at that time. And, you know, straight A student, cheerleader. I mean, you would never Mm -hmm. have ever thought of her as being someone who was depressed, went off to college, straight A's in college, straight A's getting her master's, went on to get her doctorate and kind of fell apart again and really struggled at that point to the point that, you know, had multiple ups and downs. And I think... I think back on that a lot of times to think had we known what we know now and had we done things differently and gotten her some help and maybe sought out a therapist for her to talk to during those teenage years, would that have changed some of those ups and downs that she had throughout her college years? And I think that's why it's so very, very important to create the awareness and this podcast is so very important to our listeners to be able to spread that information so that hopefully maybe it touches someone and they'll think, hey, it's okay to reach out for help. Mm -hmm. It's okay to talk to someone and 
And so I think that was kind of one of my early first experiences with someone. And even then, being two and a half years younger than her, I really didn't know or understand. I knew something was going on, but it was really kept quiet, right? It was, okay, let's, we don't want to talk about this with anybody, right? Exactly. So how old were you? I was 10, maybe 10, 11 years old. That's hard. That's a hard thing to go through at that age. Yeah. Especially with somebody you care about so much. It's obviously inspired you to be who you are. So, I've always had kind of that mission driven to want to help others. For sure. I can see that. Have you had an experience where someone actually has followed through? I have actually uh, a really, really, I've had two experiences that have probably impacted my life personally. One individual from high school, after I'd actually moved away from South Carolina, committed suicide. Very, very dear friend of mine from high school. Again, warning signs. There really weren't any warning signs for us. There was was no, no indication that that was something that he had even thought about. So it was really kind of mind-blowing to me to kind of go through that and just understand, okay, what was actually going on in, in his head that made him want to end his life like that. And then I guess second experience, a very dear friend of mine lost his mother and his sister, stepsister, in a pretty tragic event that did involve suicide as well. And having been around him and his family for multiple years, this was why I was in college um, getting my bachelor's in social work. Thinking back, there were signs, there were things that were said as an indication of reaching out for help. I, I still wonder today, could I have done something different? Could I have said something? Could mm-hmm. I have asked her linked her up with resources. A- again, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, but I think that makes it all the more important now to, again, really emphasize having those conversations with people and making sure that even if you have an inkling that someone is hurting or struggling, ask them, talk to them about it, see if you can help them, see if you can help link them to a resource. Even if they say, no, hey, I'm doing okay, You never know if even just having the conversation changes something that they were contemplating in their mind. That's very true. That's very, very true. All right, so what would you like to share with our Impact Stigma family about recognizing the warning signs for suicide? You know, Josh, that's a great question. And, you know, there's many resources out there that kind of speak to this as well. And, you know, sometimes the fact is that you don't know. And I think that's what we all struggle with because we all want to prevent. But I think having people know generally if you are either not sleeping or sleeping too much, if you've had maybe a traumatic event in your life that has caused you to change your lifestyle in some way regarding eating, sleeping, work habits, Mm -hmm. working out habits, those are all signs that, hey, something's not quite right. Your body's trying to tell you that. So it's always an option to talk to someone and say, hey, you know, things just don't feel right right now. I'm not really sure what's going on. Can I have a conversation with you and reach out? I mean, there's pastors, there's, you know, reach out to somebody that you feel comfortable with. And if you're a friend of someone who is talking or speaking about, you know, having doubts about living or questioning their worth, you recognize that they're not taking care of themselves as much as they used to as far as bathing, 
and different things like that, not, not taking care of their needs, ask them if they are okay and then link them to resources. There's all kinds of resources. Jennifer, I know you spoke earlier just about 988. And that's also a resource line. It's a crisis line, but it's also someone that can point you in the right direction as far as where you can get help just for therapy or just to talk to someone as well. I mean, I'm always going to be like, indebted to the counselors at um, Science Hill that are our that are our counselors, our Funcher Health counselors, because, you know, I, I watched those exact things happen to my daughter, and she's okay with me talking about this, but she lost a very, very, very close friend in a tragic, traumatic accident. I wasn't prepared to help her with that, and very quickly, I saw her go downhill, those exact things you, you just spoke about, and I'm so grateful that, you know, our company gives me the, the the ability to help my daughter in a way with an EAP and I got her in front of someone they recommended therapy at school we got her in front of a therapist and I'm 100% sure it saved her life she's a wonderful person but she just didn't know how to handle that that was something she couldn't process and wow. that helped save her life so I'm just really grateful for it and you're exactly right those are the signs and there, there's more than that but those are definitely some very solid signs well and you made a good point We as parents, especially mamas, (laughs) um, are protective about our kiddos and we want to, you know, wrap our arms around them and help them through everything. But there's things that we're experts in and we're good at and then there's things that we're not good at. But what we are good at is making sure that they get to that help just like a doctor. Therapy is in the same respect. And so it can't be ashamed of connecting them with those resources Mm -hmm. at all. I kind of had to get out of my own way and realize that it's like it doesn't need to be me that helps her. I'm totally unequipped for this because I was I've known this little girl since I was she was six years old. I was grieving, too. So I wasn't in a place or a headspace to help her. So I was totally okay and with handing her over to professionals that could do the job for me. And I was okay with that because they helped my daughter. And that's the main objective. So thank you for sharing. All right. What positive trends, if any, um, do you see in our society that kind of encourage you we're going in the right direction to lower the suicide rate? And what would you like to see but don't see? So I would I would say nationally, and I think we we could all agree that there are more conversations now about mental health awareness, about suicidality, really trying to help people speak up and reach out for help and really trying to reduce the stigma. I would say we've come a long way in that. Even in talking with some key leaders in our community and having more open conversations with them about mental health and trying to bring that Mm -hmm. to organizations and their employees and their leadership to bring more awareness to mental health to reach out. So I would say that has definitely improved. I think we still struggle with and I call it sometimes in the clouds, right? You know, it's it's easy to talk about things in the cloud, but when it happens to you as a human being and as a person, then it's still you still feel that stigma. And so I think I agree 100%. We, we have to make it real for people yeah. instead of it just being, like I said, I don't know another word to use it, but just, you know, up here in the clouds. It's okay to talk about it like it's not real, but then mm-hmm. when it becomes real to you as a person, then, then you then you feel that stigma and you feel like, oh, okay, well, I've, I've still got to be okay, right? I yes. can't because there's just still that underlying message. And so I think we've got to get beyond the clouds and bring it back down to reality and make it real for people. I agree. I love the fact that this podcast gives leaders in our community the opportunity like you to say, 
this is where I am and this is what my my story is and this is what I've experienced. So, you know, hopefully the our family of listeners can see that they're not alone and that they're just like everybody else. And just because someone may be in a position of leadership or ownership of a business right. or what whoever comes and sits in your special guest seat, they all have that ability to connect with our listeners. And I hope that that's what continues to happen with this podcast because it's important. Mm-hmm. Great. So. So your role often finds you in conversations with fellow leaders throughout our region and our communities. Do you see positive changes in beliefs and attitudes surrounding mental health stigma in our community? I would say most definitely. Yeah. Just sitting around talking to key leaders, mayors, our chambers, talking with different organizations. People have really opened up about reaching out to us to say, can you come talk to us? Can you come talk to our constituents? Can you come talk to our employees? We really want to bring mental health into a part of, uh, again, the realness that we're all experiencing out here. And I think I'll be honest, I think COVID has somewhat helped us with that. Mm-hmm. Everybody has kind of felt the stress and weight of COVID, and it's really changed things. So I think people are more open to talking about stress, anxiety, which kind of further leads us into conversations around depression and other things that people mm-hmm. may be experiencing. If you're going to find a bright side in something that's been so difficult, I think that's an excellent point because I know Frontier itself had to kind of really do some great pushing towards how do we interact with our you know, individuals we serve in a way that continues to take care of them. So there was a lot of different things that we did as a company just to change, but I've seen it in, in the community as well. So I hated that it happened, but there's a bright side that I'm happy that it's kind of unearthed a lot of things that we needed to look at. So that's good. Well, sure. and you know, we always here at Frontier try to make lemonade out of lemons, right? Yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So there's a quote by Howard Thurman that reminds me of you. And it says, don't ask yourself what the world needs. Ask yourself what makes you come alive and then go and do that. Because what the world needs is people who come alive. Anyone that knows you can see how much you believe in the work you do. It's very, very true. So with all your personal and professional experiences, what has been the drive behind your passion for the communities we serve? You know, that's a great question that I have <laughs> to think about for just a minute. Take your time. I think that the drive that I get comes from the people around me, the people who bring the stories of, for lack of a better word, success, but I would call it improvement in qualities of life. The drive that I, I see from the changes that need to be made kind of spearheads me forward to kind of say, hey, we need to continue this work and we need to fight hard to make sure that those in our community are getting their needs met. One last question. I love to ask this question because it always unearths new things. But if you could step into our shoes on this podcast, what would you have asked yourself that we didn't? You guys did a really good job as far as kind of summarizing and talking about kind of every aspect of the world that I live in currently. You know, you didn't ask about Ollie, though. <gasps> oh, no, I, fe- I forgot. So there's this, <laughs> there's the most adorable dog. I had no idea how adorable this particular animal was until I got to share some time with Christy in her office and see him for myself in person. So will you please tell our, our lovely audience all about Ollie? So, f- I, again, for those of you who know me, you know that I have two beautiful daughters 
who have recently been away at college. And so I am. That's so hard. I know. And so I'm an empty nester. I've been an empty nester. I feel like that needs to be a support group, right? I agree. Like empty nesters need a support group. She is so lucky. I'm never going to have an empty nest. You just wait. (laughs) But anyways, so I guess over a year ago, it took me six months to convince my husband (laughs) to get an indoor dog because we've never had an indoor dog. And so I got little Ollie. He is a miniature Australian shepherd, and he is just the best thing ever. And even though it took me six months to get Chad to say, hey, go for it, he is like Chad's baby now, just so you know. (laughs) Always works that way. So she has a special setup. So you have to share your special setup. So I have this big playpen area, and I've got a little Furbo for those of that you don't know about a Furbo, it's this little camera, and then it spits out um, snacks to your your dog or cat or whoever, and you can talk to them. Your grandmother. I'm just kidding. <laughs> they're barking. <laughs> so it's a it, it's an awesome way to communicate with your animal when you can't be with them. <laughs> she, she hasn't brought him to work in a while. I know he's I so cute. Not, I know everybody loves him. Yes. So I we need to, we need a day. We so need I got day. a special. I know I know Halloween is just right around the corner, and I've got him this amazing costume for Halloween. So I'll have to bring him for. Is he gonna be a spider? No. Okay, He's going to be a, a warlock. <gasps> That's great. <laughs> I love it. My cat loves Halloween costumes, Boogie. Oh, I can only imagine your enormous cat. He, so. he will wear them all over the house. Jody dresses him up, poor thing. <laughs> I want to see this so bad. We have one cat that hates him. She won't wear it, kicks it right off. But Boogie will prance around in front of you so that you can see that he's got a new outfit. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah. You guys have a great YouTube channel. You should make a Boogie YouTube you channel. Go. I know. I need to put them on there. This, you do. You need uh, to make a Here's My Crazy Cat That Likes Costumes channel. There you yeah. go. But I got to see him. I had a had a little meeting, and I got to I got to look at Ollie on the cell phone and and watch you give him a treat, and it was the most adorable thing I've ever seen. No, she's so. bring him back to work though. I agree. I, I will do it on Halloween. Right. There you go. There you go. That sounds like a plan. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Christy. We really, really appreciate it. I'm so honored you came. It's been fun. For our Impact Stigma family, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Impact Stigma, and we thank you for continuing to tune in. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Follow us on. Apple Music, no, Spotify, Spotify, you know, Amazon, Amazon Music. Music, all the things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Apple Podcasts is what I meant to say. That's okay. You're, you're allowed to mess up sometimes. It's yeah. okay. <laughs> There's so many. We're on everything. Go we are us. on everything. So definitely hit subscribe and give us a good review because we appreciate that too. And we just can't wait to spend time with all of you again soon. And thank you for continuing to help us make an impact. Stigma can make mental health problems worse and even stop a person from getting the help they need. Untreated mental illness places an enormous economic and emotional burden on our communities. Economic burden alone is in the billions and that directly affects all of us. We all play a crucial role in creating a mentally healthy community, one that is inclusive, rejects discrimination, and supports recovery. For us at Impact Stigma, this is way more than just a podcast. It is about igniting our communities, sharing our stories, and working together with listeners like you. We invite you to find out more about Impact Stigma on our website at impactstigma.com. One way you can make an impact right now is by sharing our podcast with your friends and family because you never know when something we talk about might be the reason someone you love asks for help. Mental illness is not a personal failure. 
We can't do this without you. So if you feel inspired to get involved, first, subscribe to this podcast. Then go visit our website at impactstigma.com. Watch the video and read about how you can become an impact maker. Thank you for listening to Impact Stigma. We're so glad you chose us. We want to thank our guests again for sharing your impactful story and doing your part to Impact Stigma. Join us next time as we enjoy some laughs and hear impactful stories. Until then, this work needs you. So go be an impact maker. Thank you and be blessed.